In this podcast episode, we want to introduce you to our BCEN friend, Hannah Pye. Come along as Michael Dexter and Holly Briggs talk with Hannah about her career in nursing, from working with nursing students to being a doctoral student herself. Hannah is sure to inspire you to take your shot when it comes to your passion in nursing. This episode is called In the Room Where It Happens, From Passion to Practice Change. Hello, and welcome to the BCN and Friends podcast, where we hold interesting conversations about learning with a range of thought leaders, BCN certification holders, and industry professionals, but most importantly, to create value and insight for you our professional nurses across the emergency spectrum. We hope you find our discussions interesting, informative, sometimes funny, sometimes serious, but always valuable. I'm Holly Briggs, a professional development specialist at BCN and one of your hosts for today. I'm joined by my co-host, Michael Dexter, Director of Professional Development at BCN. Hi, Michael. Hello, Holly. It's great to have you with us today. In this episode of BCN and Friends, we have Hannah Pye, Hannah is an emergency nurse who is passionate about educating the current nursing profession, as well as preparing the next generation of nurses. Hannah was the speaker for the BCN webinar in October of 2022, and the on-demand recording is definitely one to add to your must-watch checklist. Michael, would you please introduce us to our BCN and friend, Hannah? Yeah, I would be happy to. Hannah Pye is a certified emergency nurse working as full-time nursing faculty while also pursuing her doctoral degree in nursing. Hannah is passionate about breastfeeding success and believes emergency department nurses can play a key role in breastfeeding support. Her other professional interests include nursing student success, disaster preparedness and response, car seat safety, and of course, emergency medicine. She's married to an army physician and has two daughters, and she enjoys kayaking, hiking, and eating good food. Hannah, welcome to the BCN and Friends podcast. It's a pleasure to have you with us today. Thank you so much, Michael and Holly. Um, every experience I've had with you guys has just been such so wonderful, um, and I'm I'm really grateful to be here. Well, I'm glad you're here, and it's really great to talk with you. And for a little bit of background on you, um, you had reached out to me months ago, and you said, hey, I have this topic, and I really want to educate on it. And um, I was trying to figure out the best way that we could do this, and we talked about maybe a course or some way that we could promote this education and you kept reaching out and you kept saying, I want to do this. I want to do this. And we did that webinar back in October, 2022. And it's just, I learned so much from it. You did such a really fantastic job on a topic that is rarely even spoken about um, in the ED. So thank you again for doing that. And um, thank you for sharing that with us. And and that's kind of how I know you and that's how Holly knows you. But for our listeners and for us as well, just tell us a little bit more about your nursing career and your doctoral studies. And then we'll get into this, this topic of breastfeeding care that you're so passionate about. That sounds great. Um, so my name is Hannah Pye. I graduated with my entry-level master's in nursing in 2014. My bachelor's degree, um, I graduated with a bachelor's of science in biology from the Georgia Institute of Technology um, all the way back in 2011 um, and took some time off and then decided that I was going to pursue nursing. So um, I got my entry-level master's uh, and During my clinical rotations in nursing, I liked everything, but I didn't really love anything um, until I got to spend one shift in the emergency room and 
I was hooked. I never wanted to do anything else and I never looked back. Um, I was very fortunate to get an emergency department practicum, my preceptorship, and I was actually hired directly from my practicum into that department. So I have never done anything except for emergency nursing. It is truly my um, healthcare passion. I began teaching part-time at my alma mater in 2016. So basically almost exactly a year after I had graduated uh, and I fell in love again, but this time with nursing education. So I decided I wanted to work as nursing full-time faculty one day. And I finally got the opportunity to go back to school to get my doctor of nursing practice degree. And I am slated to graduate this May. So just in a couple months, I should be Dr. Pai. And that's really exciting for me. And uh, in my position as nursing faculty, I really get to kind of merge this love for emergency nursing and clinical practice with my love for um, growing the next generation of nurses. And I, I really hope that I impart to them how much I love emergency nursing um, as well as nursing in general. Well, I have no doubt that your students are just lucky to have someone who so clearly has found their passion. Um, and I'm so grateful that it's an emergency nursing because that has really been, again, I might be very biased, but that has been my passion since I started in nursing. So it's it's awesome to talk with someone who really does care about that and someone who's feeding into that next generation because we need people to take our place one day and hopefully they'll approach it with the same compassion and kindness and intelligence that you know we hope to mirror to them. So I'm beyond sure that your students are very lucky to have you. So Michael did kind of hint at what your topic of education that you're very passionate about, and it's regarding breastfeeding education um, in the emergency department setting. So can you kind of tell us how did you come about this? Like, how how did you get to this topic? Absolutely. So this really comes from a place of, of personal experience for me. So I'm a mother, I have two daughters, and I graduated from nursing school, actually, I think six weeks pregnant. So very early, um, too soon to tell anyone. I, I started my bedside staff nurse job in January of 2015. And I think I told my manager I was pregnant in February of 2015. So like a month and a half in, I walk in, I'm terrified, right? Because I'm I'm a new grad, I'm new to the department. And I say, what am I, what am I doing here? And I tell her that I'm pregnant. And thankfully, um, that the department was wonderful. They were super supportive. Um, I didn't qualify for any sort of like maternity leave or FMLA, but they worked with me um, and and let me take some time, which really, I think, helped establish my lactation journey. Um, and I was just so blessed with all of that. Uh, my manager and coworkers were understanding um, and I was able to pump at work when I returned. And it did help that my charge nurse actually was pregnant at the same time as me. She gave birth a month before I did. So we were pumping at the same time and we would just cover each other. Um, we would say, I need to take a 10 and go pump. And she would cover me and then she would come back and I would go pump. It was perfect. Um, I discovered that it's really difficult to make time to pump as an emergency department nurse because you kind of just have to take the time when you can get it. And uh, you never know when a critical patient is going to come in or you know something more important is going to pop up. And I, I really kind of found myself putting my body's needs kind of in the backseat, right, for my patients, which we do so often as nurses. So the more I learned about lactation and that uh, demand begets supply, right? So um, if we 
don't pump or if we don't express, then our body doesn't make more milk. I started to realize that um, putting that on the back burner was not an ideal situation for me and my baby. Uh, and so trying to really balance taking care of my patients with taking care of um, myself became a, a passion of mine. And I think my interest in evidence-based lactation principles really started with seeing how I could be uh, absolutely the most efficient during my pump breaks. And I'm using air quotes here around breaks because uh, very frequently I was pumping hands-free while charting because the pump room had a computer in it. Um, I just needed to be as efficient as possible so that I could get back on the floor, but I also had to have enough milk for my child. Uh, and so that's when I started to kind of dive into what is lactation, what are evidence-based um, lactation principles and techniques. Uh, and then three years later with my second child, I was in a very similar situation. I had taken a brief hiatus from the bedside and uh, I went back to a department I had worked in before, got offered the job and told the manager that I was seven months pregnant. So I did it all again. And thankfully the emergency department tends to have young nurses working there. My charge nurse was pregnant and pumping with me. Um, it was really nice. I have been very fortunate to work places that were super supportive of nurses having a family and, and needing to feed, feed their baby. But while working there uh, and after learning all of this about lactation, I started to kind of tune into the fact that uh, we as emergency department staff were not giving evidence-based recommendations to lactating individuals. And frequently, our care of lactating individuals is based on fear or caution instead of medical evidence. Um, I think providers uh, and nurses are so careful about protecting the breastfeeding child, which is important um, that we often go too far. And it's so easy to look this information up. No one has to guess on it. And no patients need to suffer based on our misinformation when it's so easy to look up what is and isn't safe. And that was exactly what I was going to get to you with the next thing is that oftentimes in the ED, we when we don't know an answer or when we're not sure of something, oftentimes I see people just saying, well, no, that, that you probably shouldn't do that. You know, when we give discharge instructions, we tell patients things and then they'll ask, should I do this or that? And you're like, no, just wait until you see your primary care doctor. They can answer that question for you. And it's kind of an, an easy thing for us to fall back on. But, you know, you brought up evidence-based practice and things, and we often think that most medications are not appropriate for the breastfeeding child or the breastfeeding parent. But um, can you tell us a little bit more about some of those myths that you've found and things that you've uncovered during your research of breastfeeding that are kind of commonplace in the ED, but the more you learned about it, the more you found out that um, really a lot of these things that we're fearful of are actually safe. Yes. So the most common one I think that I've encountered uh, is the one that you spoke about, which is medications. So there is this myth that medications that um, individuals can't take when they're pregnant are unsafe in lactation. And that is absolutely not true. Um, the reality is that the placenta handles medication completely differently uh, than breast milk handles medication. Uh, and so lactating individuals can safely take most medications. There are safe antibiotics, there are safe sedatives, there are safe narcotics, there are safe antiemetics. Almost all of the classes of medications that we commonly use in the emergency department have a safe medication to give a lactating individual. Um, and so something that I think frequently happens is that a lactating individual comes in in pain and we're afraid to treat their pain with a narcotic because we don't want to hurt the baby. Well, that's not evidence-based. Um, Single-dose narcotics, there are 
multiple safe narcotics that can be given in single dose. When we get into long-term dosing of narcotics, which is not something the emergency department typically does, then we start to run into some safety issues. But emergency department doses of narcotic medications, with the exception of codeine, are generally pretty safe. And LactMed is offered by the National Institutes of Health, and that is an online database of medications and how they're passed in breast milk and how they affect the baby. Um, And it's just an easy, free resource that you can Google, um, and it will give you the evidence-based information on that medication. It's important to know that we can provide high-quality care to the lactating individual, and they can keep feeding their child. I appreciate that, Hannah. I think as nurses, one of the things that we don't want to do is we don't want to hurt our patients, right? So when we lack the knowledge, when we lack what is the evidence-based best practice for this patient, it is on us to go out there and find peer-reviewed journals and studies that really give us insight into the care that we should be providing to these patients because it's the care that they deserve. And so I appreciate you busting some of those myths. Your recorded webinar for BCN Learn in October last year around this topic of supporting the uh, breastfeeding dyad in the emergency department, it has been viewed over 540 times. We've gotten a lot of great feedback and a lot of it had to do with just the gratitude for having this topic highlighted for emergency nurses and to talk about those myths and those common misconceptions and really just some advice that has been given that really should not have been given. But I kind of want to roll that into what would you say to someone who maybe has a passion for a topic in emergency nursing that isn't receiving maybe the highlighting or the notice or education that they believe? What would you tell them if they weren't sure of like, what's the next steps that they can do? Like to take it from just being something you're passionate about to that next step. That's a great question. Uh, And I think that I want to start by saying when I became passionate about this, I was not an expert in it yet, right? I think passion is the first step in becoming an expert in something. I've always found it easier to learn when a topic interests me. So my advice is to take what you're passionate about and then start diving into the literature about the topic. Find the gaps in the knowledge, either the scientific research gaps, uh, if you want to get into academia and look in how to fill those research gaps, or clinical knowledge gaps. Um, Your emergency department staff doesn't know about this topic. The research is already there and you want to educate them. I happened upon lactation support as a passion uh, and discovered there are research and clinical knowledge gaps, so I get to do both. But really, you can become an expert in anything if you spend enough hours in it. And so just take that thing and run with it and start reaching out to people about educating like I did to Michael. Um, There's a space for this and you do not have to have any special degrees or fancy certifications um, to be a a peer educator or an advocate for a topic. Yeah. And I, I think I was just so impressed, you know, as, as the receiver of this communication, like I'd mentioned before, I was so impressed with the, the fact that you kept following up and you kept saying, Hey, this is something I'm really I'm really passionate about. And even though I wasn't sure initially how this would all be done and how we would present this education, it was great to just continue this conversation on. And now it's become this webinar, like Holly mentioned, that's been viewed so many times. And we have a job aid that we built to go along with it to to be printed out and posted in um, EDs everywhere. 
and um, really share this education. So, you know, I appreciate that. I appreciate your insight onto being just a passionate supporter of a topic and finding your passion. And, you know, we talk about you and, and your passion for breastfeeding education, but we also mentioned other things you like to do, whether it's a hobby or something like hiking or kayaking, but you also talked about disaster management, car seat safety, and those other things. Can you tell us, um, just maybe focusing on emergency preparedness, can you tell us a little bit about some of those other topics that you really find fascinating in the emergency spectrum? Yes. Um, so one of the things I love about nursing is that there are so many things to learn and be passionate about. Uh, and, and you'll find that I have a number of passions. Um, and one of them is disaster response and emergency preparedness. Uh, and that actually kind of runs in the family. My father was a fire chief for a number of years, and now he is uh, an emergency management director at the county level. Um, and so we bond over things like disaster response and preparedness. Um, like most emergency department nurses, I've always been kind of decent in a crisis. And in nursing school, we took a field trip to the Center for Domestic Preparedness, which is FEMA's training school in Anniston, Alabama. And I don't know that I have ever been so fascinated to sit in lecture. Uh, we did basic hazmat training, uh, nothing fancy, just learning about hazmat and and how to do like or decontamination and, and that kind of thing and setting up disaster response. Uh, and then we did some training on explosive devices, which was also really fascinating. Um, I actually highly recommend the Center for Domestic Preparedness to anyone who is interested in the things that they have to teach, which are centered around things like hazmat and uh, disaster response. And the last time I checked, it was, uh, I think, free for healthcare professionals to go. So that's definitely something to look into. Um, it was really fun, very useful. So after that, I just kind of, this is going to sound familiar to you, Michael, I just kind of inserted myself into disaster preparedness or response teams um, wherever I could, right? So was upfront about the fact that I'm not an expert, but that this was a passion of mine. And I said, how can I help? So I'm mostly self-taught just because I am so interested in the topic. And that paid off because I got to be part of the disaster and resource management planning conversations during early COVID when everything was so new. And we were trying to figure out what we would do if our resources were overwhelmed. Um, you know, how do we set up the tent for swabbing so that it's safe? And, you know, what's downwind of that? And people who are symptomatic, can they go in the emergency department or not? And and a lot of my self-taught background on emergency preparedness really came in handy when I was part of that team. I know a number of nurses that have attended the Center for Domestic Preparedness in Alabama and have said nothing but good about it. So thank you for sharing that. We'd like to ask this question to all of our guests about somebody, a person, a patient, a moment, somebody that's made an impact on your career. Have anybody in mind that you'd like to share? There have been so many people that have impacted uh, me personally and the career trajectory that I'm on. Um, so this is a really difficult question, but I think those early years in the emergency department at St. Mary's in Athens, Georgia, um, really helped shape my skills and my confidence. Um, and I'm not going to name just one person because just the entire team there was amazing at taking this, you know, new baby nurse and simultaneously uh, molding me into a competent clinical practitioner, but also letting me 
take my passions and run with them, right? So even though I was such a new nurse, um, the leadership noticed uh, my passion and let me take on important roles such as being the emergency department representative on shared governance to the hospital um, and then leading the emergency department unit-based council. Uh, it was just a really good example of shepherding newer nurses into places where they fit well um, and helping them find how they can contribute to the department in the nursing field early in their career. Um, and I think that that, that is really key uh, and they did it so well. Um, I think that's really key into keeping nurses in the nursing field. And uh, it, it, I think it's a step in prevention of burnout is, is really helping people find where they fit and how they can contribute to the team. Um, and so now I enjoy helping new nurses find those places for themselves. Um, and I just love seeing their energy and passion for the job. I appreciate your insight. I appreciate just the the gratitude that you have towards others. Cause you're right. It takes an entire team of people and knowing that you started out, had such a good foundation at a good place um, has definitely made a difference in your career. I think it's beautiful to hear that you were so welcomed. And so I, I guess the other word is just like positioned for success, right? You were set up to be successful in that department because you weren't put to the side. You weren't looked down upon. You were treated as a peer and I think that translates into longevity in this career um, and a continued passion, not only for what you find that interests you, but then also to kind of curry that to the next generation, right? To to say, well, I was I was taken care of, so I'm going to take care of the next. You know, like I I think the old mentality of nurses eating their young and so forth, like that, just took out so much of the the compassion and the passion that new nurses have you know we all we all can remember hopefully we all came into this profession excited to be there right but i also know that you know if we don't foster that if we don't try to grow that it really can it can go out pretty quickly that light so i appreciate that you are doing that and i i love to hear that kindness and mentorship was given to you when you first started that makes my heart really happy Thank you for that story. And I do have a few favorite questions to ask you so that we can get to know you a little bit better. So my first question would be, if you were not doing what you are currently doing, teaching, nursing, doctoral studying, what would you be doing? Um, that is such a good question. And I would say that if, if I had the talent for it, um, which I don't, <laughs> um, but if I had the talent for it, I would do musical theater. Um, I, I did theater in high school and sang in college, and I just really love music. I love that. Hannah, you and I, we can do our own play. It will never <laughs> probably make it to Broadway. We could do like a two-person show. We can be like backstage and front stage. We could just, we could do that. I would... I will sign us up for that together. Um, Emergency, the musical. Oh, yes. Yes. There'll, <laughs> be, there'll be humor. There'll be sadness. It, it'll just it'll be bodily fluids. It'll be great. Yeah. It'll run <laughs> such a gamut of emotion. <laughs> we'll probably only have Michael be in attendance, but that's okay. Um, um, I, I'm not sure I would be there actually, he's, but he's uh, sick that day. <laughs> yeah. I'm planning to be sick that day. Whatever, Michael, we'll give you a front row seat. So I also have three categories that I'd like to ask you about. Um, and again, this can be your favorite 
of all time. It can be like a current favorite, but what would you say is your favorite book? Um, my favorite book is An Old Fashioned Girl by Louisa May Alcott. So she is famous for writing Little Women, but An Old Fashioned Girl is less well known and it's so good. I remember reading Little Women, but I didn't I did not read that, so I'll have to put that on my list. So thank you for that. Um, what is your favorite TV show? Uh, my favorite TV show is Scrubs. Um, I I actually use Scrubs illustrations a lot when I teach, um, but the my students now, uh, most of them, Scrubs is not a show that they would have watched because they're so much younger than me. But I I think my husband and I have watched it together probably almost 10 times now all the way through. Um, and we like to watch it. My husband's a physician. We like to watch it at every stage of the training journey. Um, and it is the most true to life medical show that we have seen. And it's hilarious. I was actually, when you said Scrubs, I was like, that's the show that when people ask me, like, what, what's most like what you, and I'm like, it's Scrubs. And people are like, no, that's just supposed, that's a comedy take. And I'm like, but you asked me if it was the most, (laughs) if it was the most real to life one, you're asking me who's living it. So when I tell you that it's Scrubs, I need you to just digest that and, and be like, oh, it is. It just is. And I, I think it's really cool that I have not only found out that that's one of your favorite shows, but also that you find that it is very more real to life than a lot of other medical dramas that are out there. Um, mm-hmm. In fact, I cannot, I usually do not watch a lot of medical shows, um, even though my husband who's non-medical, he finds them like very fascinating. I just sit there the whole time and I'm like, that's not real. That didn't <laughs> happen. And he's like, but it, you're ruining the show. And I'm like, but not with scrubs. I can be like, mm. I just sit there kind of shaking my head. So Okay. Your favorite musical artist? I love music. I have a lot of favorites, but I think my all-time favorite musical artist is Andrew McMahon. And he's been a part of um, multiple uh, bands, um, something corporate, Jack's Mannequin, um, and he's currently doing like solo stuff, but I really like his stuff. Um, it will it will tell listeners a lot about who I, <laughs> who I am, what my generation is, kind of like that uh, emo, you know, early 2000s music. Um, but I, I really like Andrew McMahon. Hey, sometimes it's just whatever feeds your soul, you know, like there are times when I would have a long shift and get in my car and I still have a CD player in my car, which that will kind of date me a little bit as well. I know, (laughs) I know I still have it. And the thing is when I got a new car, I told them, I was like, I need a CD player in my car. They were like, for what purpose? Like I have six discs that have to like go with me in each new vehicle. And they it, it's a range of music that's in there, but there's nothing like the comfort of a song or a band or, or, or just that music that just kind of helps wipe away a long day, get you in a better place and kind of reset you when you've had just, you know, a, a tough day. So I have it in six discs. Um, I will not share what those are because it'd be way more insightful than your one favorite artist. So I'm not going to yeah. do that. This podcast is about you. So what <laughs> is your favorite comfort food or a meal that you really enjoy? My favorite food um, is, we call them Grammy beans. Um, they are green beans made by my grandmother and um, they're like so good somehow they she makes vegetables taste like candy um, but there's no sugar in them and uh 
it's I've tried for years to make them and I just can't make them the same. So um, hopefully one day my brother got close. So hopefully one day we'll figure it out. But for now, we have to go to Grammy's house to get Grammy beans. Oh, that is awesome. And I I understand that there are certain things that just taste better when that person cooks them. And Mm -hmm. yeah, nothing quite replicates that. Well, we have talked about some other interests that you have other than the breastfeeding education, emergency preparedness, but there are any other hobbies that you'd like to share with us? Hmm. I am at a time in my life where I don't, I don't do a lot of hobbying, um, between work and school and being a mom. Uh, I don't have a ton of time for that, but I do like to take, even if it's just a couple minutes, I'm super fortunate. We live close enough that I can walk to the beach and, So I will just put on my headphones, you know, if I'm listening to a podcast for work or school, or if I have time to listen to music, that's phenomenal. Um, And I'll just take like a quick walk to the beach, walk on the beach for a couple minutes and come back. And I think that that just kind of being in nature really tends to reset however I'm feeling. Um, And so that, I don't know that I would call it a hobby, but it, it is one thing that I do for myself in this time of intense busyness. I would say that falls under just knowing when to take a moment of self-care when you can. So I will take that as a hobby. (laughs) (laughs) If our audience would like to follow you online, what are a social media platform or what way can they um, follow you? So um, I do not have any social media handles associated with my nursing or um, lactation passions currently, but I do have a different project that has uh, associated social media handles. So I'm married to a physician And um, I wrote a course on being married to uh, someone in medicine, being married to a physician. It's called Residency Proof Your Marriage. Um, And so my Instagram handle is at Residency Proof Your Marriage. Um, And there you will not find a ton of nursing content. Every once in a while I share something um, because that's who I am. You know, I'm a nurse. So every once in a while I share something about nursing. But most of it is going to be relationship and marriage related specifically for those people who are married to physicians. So I know that's a very niche market, but if any of your listeners are interested in that, they can find me uh, on Instagram at, at Residency Proof Your Marriage. Well, thank you for sharing that, Hannah. And really just, I enjoyed just talking to you, just getting to know more about you, getting to know more about your passion for education and uh, the different things that you like to do that keep you moving and keep you motivated. And I don't know if I will be showing up to the show that you and Holly are going to start <laughs> developing, but I um, would love to continue to stay in touch with you. And I, I know Holly has some things she's going to mention about that in just a moment, but truly thank you for spending the time with us. Thank you for sharing with our listeners. And it's been great having you today. Thank you so much for chatting with me. I always enjoy spending time with both of you. Um, and I, I will just plug, this is not a paid promotion. Um, certification through BC and has just been really helpful for my career. Um, I got certified as an emergency nurse um, the first year of working. So uh, it it is something that I have done my whole nursing career. uh, And I'm just so thankful for everything that you guys do. Certified Nurses Day comes around every year and it'll be coming up soon as of when this, this is recorded. It'll be coming up before we know it. And I'll go ahead and start early and say thank you for being a certified nurse. And it definitely looks like that push for continued education that comes along with certification has has really helped develop you as well. So glad to glad to know it's made such an impact on you. Thank you. 
I want to take this time to thank Hannah for joining us for this episode of BCN and Friends. Thank you, Hannah, for sharing your knowledge, your time, and your passion with us. We are looking forward to spending some face-to-face time with Hannah at Learn Live in Charlotte, North Carolina on November 14th and 15th of 2023. Go ahead and mark your calendars to make plans on joining us in November in Charlotte. You don't want to miss it. And to all of our listeners, we hope you will stay tuned as we continue with BCN and Friends bringing you new and meaningful content and perspectives. If you have a suggestion for an episode, please email us at bcn at bcn.org. I'm Holly Briggs here with Michael Dexter. And on behalf of the entire BCN team, we thank and celebrate you for all you're doing as professional nurses across the emergency spectrum. Until next time, we are out.